I'm Dave Bushaw, KZ1O, and this is 99hobbies.com. Today we're going to talk about nets, which is short, obviously, for network, but not the network that you might have at your office with your computer. A network is something that you'll find on VHF or UHF, where a bunch of hams get together to deal with a particular situation. Now, sometimes, you know, the, the higher profile things have been you know, after Katrina or some kind of earthquake or something. And, and those are certainly very valid. But there's also things that uh, networks get together every day to talk about how to grow roses in your backyard, how to restore a 55 Chevy. There's the, the thing about ham radio is that most hams have a second hobby that they have a passion for. Uh, today I'm going to talk with uh, Joe Repper, WY3T, who's the net manager for eCars, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that comes up on HF Nets. And I, I know ahead of time this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Here it comes. I'm here with Joe, WY3T. Hi, Joe. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine, Dave. Good. Uh, let me ask you a question. Um, it's, it seems like a simple question, but what is a net? Well, a net is a group of people that get together on a certain frequency, and they have different subjects they talk about or offer different services to uh, other individuals that have the capability of getting on the net and, and uh, checking in, as we call it, to say hello or offer a service that they can uh, do for the net. Well, does, now, does it have to be an emergency situation, or is it like a day-to-day -day thing? When no, it can be on a day-to-day -day thing. You know, like uh, one of the nets I'm involved with, we'll give an audio report, a signal report, check their equipment for them, chatter about the weather, uh, just general things like that. But the uh, most of the operators, after they're a bit seasoned, they are well-versed in emergency procedures and at any time you can turn the net from just a general net into an emergency net. So if if somebody needs to, let's say there's some kind of a weather emergency or something, they know that they can go to this one particular frequency and you guys are going to be there, right? Right. We usually uh, frequent uh, the net that I'm involved with is East Coast Amateur Radio Service and we're on 7.255. And we're there on a daily basis from 7.30 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon, five days a week with various net controls there. Well, actually, you know, since you brought that up, can you, can you tell me a little bit about the history of eCars? Well, it was uh, started back in the late 60s, early 70s in that time period. And it was mainly to help mobile units you know, uh, get in contact with their bases, or people would make telephone calls for them. You know, and that was those, that was before cell phones, right? Yeah, in those <laughs> days, they, you know, we didn't have the advanced communications that we had today with the cell phones and uh, you know all that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, it was pretty pretty modern for the time period when it started. So that has evolved into just a a net where we still do that on occasion, but mainly we have people in place to, you know, just uh, have a network all up and down the east coast of the United States in the event there is any kind of emergency, and we offer our services and 
put the net into a, uh, an emergency situation, you know, in a, in that emergency mode. Well, you mentioned before what um, most of the time, what happens during the day, and, and people are are checking their uh, antennas and their signal strength and so forth. Right. Well, we, you know, there are various antennas. You know, everybody knows there's different kinds, uh, and uh, what happens is the propagation changes. Uh, well, on the band we're on, 40 meters, changes, uh, you know, just about constantly. Sometimes it uh, gets a bit stable when you have good conditions into uh, an area for a you know, reasonable period of time. But um, most of the time it's erratic, constantly changing. And like I said before, we listen to the equipment, give signal reports into certain areas to see if we need, would be able to get things through in an emergency situation. It's, it's a good uh, opportunity to find out um, how things work when you don't have an emergency and get used to that so that if something does come up you can say, oh, I can I can call Dave in New Hampshire mm-hmm. on this frequency. Um, now, during the day, um, like we said before, there's the day-to-day stuff where most of the time it's not an emergency. Um, is there is there like a, a guidebook or an operations manual or something that that people could go to to find out how a directed actually tell me what a directed net is okay a directed net is uh, you know when you have one guy in charge who is a net control station and then he'll call for other stations to check in as we say and they will offer their call sign and he compiles a list and he'll call on them one at a time and see what their pleasure is if they want to get a signal report or an audio report on their equipment, or maybe the offer a bit on the weather, or maybe road conditions if there's a, uh, you know, like a bad accident on a bit of the interstate. We've had that come by. Someone will say the big trouble on 81 or something. You know, those kind of things. So uh, you compile the list, then you call on each individual, and, and then uh, you make a few exchanges with them and, and see what they have to offer. And if people need to, you know, contact the authorities, say their their cell phone is not working in the Ozarks or something, um, there's somebody on net. Not yeah. just eCars, but any net like yeah, this. Well, yeah, any net will do that. You know, most of the guys are well-versed on that. With amateur radio, they, they uh, you know, tend to want to serve the public uh, in any way they can if, somebody comes in and they're, they're having trouble. Uh, already had a fellow whose transmission went out somewhere down on, I think it was an 83 or 95, I'm not sure which, but he's in an area where his cell phone would not work and he needed to have his vehicle towed and you know, uh-huh. taken into a garage. And East Coast was the way he got it done, you know, our net. So he called in and then someone made the phone calls to the, to the proper... Uh, uh, service people, and they came out and and took care of them. So you know it does work, and it's uh, still effective. You know sometimes the cell phones just aren't working. You know. Yeah, there was actually uh, last year there was a very tragic case of a guy that um, you know wonderful husband and father, and he he uh, 
got stuck in the snow and he left his uh, wife and kids in the SUV and went out to get help. And if he had only had uh, ham radio, you know, to get on, he was yeah. on the West Coast. But if if he had had that, because his cell phone was not working, and if he'd only had a ham radio in his car, I, I don't think the guy was a ham operator, but um, that could have been very different yeah. if, if he had been set up for that. Okay, Joe, let's say if somebody in the audience here, and we have a lot of new um, new hams and new HF hams on 99 Hobbies, has um, never transmitted on HF, and they want to check into eCars on 7255, do you, do you think because they don't know how to check in? Should they should they be afraid that uh, they're going to get razzed for not knowing the procedure? Well, no, they they won't uh, they won't get razzed or anything like that. What they should do if they run across the net, uh, the best thing if uh, you don't have an emergency at that particular time, uh, you just sit back and and listen a bit and see what's going on, and uh, you soon get the drift of it. You know how they're taking the the check-ins, as we, we said before, or, you know, they're compiling a list or whatever they're doing and try to try to get into the, the uh, flow of things. Uh, but, you know, if you do have an emergency on our net, we consider the words break, break. You know, everything else stops, and we pay particular, particular attention to that individual and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, other than that, just sit back, listen a little bit, and, I've had uh, numerous people who are recently upgraded and still carrying the Slant AG, and I welcome them with open arms. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really proud of those yet. people. <laughs> What's that? I'm really proud of those people. Oh, yeah, I am too. And, and the thing is, you know, each one that I've checked in to East Coast has uh, conducted themselves very well. They take their time. They, uh, you know ask you a little bit about this or that or the other thing and uh, you know they they're all behaving themselves pretty good so I'm, I'm glad to see that they relax the code in that respect I, I am fond of the code myself mm-hmm. and I think it I my personal view is I think they should have kept it as a bit of a requirement but you know for being an obstacle for a lot of people who have expertise in other factions of the hobby you know, it it hindered them for a long time. So I look at it in that respect, too. So, you know, we're all here, and I think we'll all get along, and they just have to uh, just pay a little attention and take a little bit of time. The thing that I think is missing from ham radio, as we call it, is the fact that there aren't as many Elmers out there as there used to be. Oh, that's a good point. But other than that, you know, like, uh, you just take your time, and I think they will do well. Well, actually, Joe, um, let me uh, let me ask, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, how long have you been a ham, and, and how long do you expect to be a ham? <laughs> well, I'll probably be a ham until the day I hang the whole ball game up. But, uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I started my ham career in 1989, and... Uh, I had a guy who was an Elmer. For me, his call was N3CHL. Mm-hmm. His first name was Rich. And boy, he uh, he told me a few things along the way. You know, the first thing I learned was 
if you can't add something to the conversation, sit back and relax, you know. We were involved in a deal where a, a child got lost, and we had radio equipment. And I said to Rich, I says, well, why don't you key up and tell them we're here, you know, and offer to help. He said, no, he says, the best thing we can do is just sit back, and if we get in a position where we can do something to, you know, resolve the, the uh, matter, then we'll key up. But other than that, we don't say anything. We mm. just listen. Sounds like a smart That was my first guy. ham radio lesson. <laughs> That's, that's good advice. At that time, I was a novice, and uh, then I went to the technician and then to the general, and then the rascal died on me, so I didn't have an Elmer anymore, but <clears throat> I figured I owed it to him to uh, to proceed to the, the rest of it, you know, and get the higher license classes. So I, I did the advance and the extra the same evening, just passed them by a bit. And uh, that's that's about it. And then I did a lot of contesting, chasing DX, that kind of stuff. And uh, I won DXCC on the wall, but that's it. Well, I was going to ask you if you've been an Elmer to anybody else, but before you answer that, and my guess is that you're going to say that uh, you have not been an Elmer, but um, I would disagree because you you manage the eCars net and. It, it it has to be a whole lot of work. I mean, nobody nobody sings your praises. You um, you, you're one of those unsung heroes that we hear about. Um, you you take care of everything, and it's a lot of hard work. And I think you do it because it's a labor of love. Well, let me just give you uh, a word on that. Uh, this guy that was my Elmer, <coughs> you asked about if I was an Elmer to others. I've helped a lot of other people, and uh, some people consider me an Elmer in some respect, but I really never took a guy and, and put him under my wing and, and got him from no license to, you know, mm -hmm. other license. The only one, my wife, uh, she's licensed. But anyway, the guy that was my Elmer, I used to say, what do I owe you, Rich, for showing me this, or, <laughs> you know? doing that or giving me this or a piece of equipment, a little switch or something. And he says, look, he says, this is the way it is. He says, you don't owe me anything. He says, what you can do for me is you can pass something on to someone else without expecting payment in any kind. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. my philosophy. I pass it on when I can, if it's a little hint about something or something uh, piece of equipment that I don't really need anymore and you know someone else would really like to have it and can't afford it I might even give it to them you know what I mean well, sure that's the story <laughs> there what's that that's a great tip and uh, I'm, I'm glad that that you remembered that from him and and you passed it along hopefully to hundreds of people that are, are listening here um, I I wrote down a couple of questions I wanted to ask you before we finished up. Um, one is, what is your favorite thing to do on the air? I know you like 40-meter sideband, but well, what's like your favorite to, thing? I like to chase DX on uh, CW. Mm -hmm. I like to do that a little bit. Uh, you know, doing the net here is about what I do anymore. I did a lot of DXing. I did a lot of contesting and, you know, 
but uh, this is about my favorite thing. Listen to the net run. Listen <laughs> to the other uh, net control stations, uh, you know, doing their thing. They all have personalities. They all run it a little bit different, and it's neat to see it all go around. And that that's what I enjoy. Uh, when we used to, used to take a portable station and go to an upper county, or the Pennsylvania CUSO party. And a friend of mine and I, Randy, we, we would put all the equipment together, get the station to, together. And I had a friend who was blind, totally blind, but he was a, a hot shot CW operator. We put him in front of the radio and just turn him loose on the <laughs> on the whole East Coast. But you know, that was what we like to do, make everything work and sit back and watch it run. Well, me, same thing with East Coast. Go ahead. Uh, let me ask you this: Do you do you have any um, any other non uh, non radio hobbies? Oh yeah, I like to hunt white-tailed deer. That that's my my best one. Fast cars. I have a '69 Nova SS. I used to do the quarter in about 12 seconds. That's the end of A few things like that. <laughs> my wife. That's my other hobby. Yeah, that probably takes a lot of your time, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't go there. <laughs> All right, listen, before we wrap this up, Joe, is there anything you'd like to uh, suggest for uh, newly licensed or newly HF people to try? Well, if you if you don't have an Elmer, see if you could find somebody to pile up with to uh, give you some do's and don'ts. And the big thing you got to remember, this is my biggest piece of advice in ham radio when someone gives you you know a, a pointer as they call it or some people refer to it as constructive criticism mm-hmm. you know take it with a grain of salt nobody's trying to give you a bad time they're trying to tell you the right way and make a better operator out of it so be willing to accept some of that and uh, you know try and find somebody that can help you along the way that's about it Dave that's, uh, that's pretty good advice. Uh, Joe Rippert, WY3T, thanks so much for uh, visiting here with us, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk again, okay? Okay, thank you very much for having me, Dave. All right, WY3T, we'll see you. Okay, 73.